tuning in to another exciting episode of Womanity Africa with Osasu. On Womanity Africa, we bring to you, our darling audience, the stories that resonate with the strength and resilience of African women and girls. It's Women's Month, hooray! And also on March 8th every year is set aside as International Women's Day, a day that celebrates the achievements and strides of women the world over. As a special edition to commemorate this year's Women's Day, Humanity Africa is featuring a very, very, did I say very? Special guest, someone who is dear to my heart and will be exploring a cross-generational conversation focusing on women's leadership across generations with the aim of charting a path for future women leaders. As we all know, women have made significant impact in leadership roles across various sectors in Nigeria and Africa at large. Yet gender disparities persist, particularly in positions of power and decision-making. Joining me today to have this dynamic conversation is Her Excellency, Dr. Eki Igbenedion, a trailblazer in women's leadership who served as the past First Lady of Edo State, Nigeria. Together, we will explore the evolution of women's leadership across generations, highlighting challenges, triumphs, and strategies for advancing gender equality in leadership. Did I mention she just so happens to be my mother? Hello, mother. How are you? Very well, thank you. And thank you for having me. The pleasure is all mine. I never thought the day would come. I would finally have your cross from me seated on this couch. How does it feel? Very good. Very mm. good. It's an honor, I would say. I'm very delighted to be here. Uh, sitting here across from you and asking these questions is a delight and it brings me great joy uh, for what you have been able to achieve. Uh, I thank God. We bless God. Yes. We bless God. Yes. For as far back as I can remember since I was a child, I have remembered you always worked. I don't think I recall a moment where you weren't working whether that's a nine to five or whether that's, you know, selling things from the house or doing your Britannica books that you were selling at the time. You've mm. always had that entrepreneurial spirit and yes. you've always been able to juggle that with raising my siblings and I, all six of us. Mm. Then being the first lady of Edo State, being mother to the entire state, how were you able to juggle that? And how are you still able to juggle that today, being a grandmother of 10 additional children? Well, um, first and foremost, we just thank God. I thank God for the strength, for the, um, the discipline, the knowledge, and uh, also with the well, with uh, the good health to be able to do it. It's very important for women. First, I think I should congratulate every woman. Mm. As we celebrate International Women's Day, mm -hmm. I congratulate women and I celebrate every woman uh, today. And of course, on the 8th of March, this day, International Women's Day, is to celebrate the achievements of women, either in culture, in politics, in their careers, in everything that they have achieved for themselves, irrespective of the uh, uh, gender disparity that we have all experienced. So I celebrate women. Back to your question. Being a mother, a career woman, a businesswoman, a grandmother, and a wife, and uh, then the first lady of a state, all combined uh, together and still be able to achieve what I wanted to achieve. Number one, it was by the special grace of God. As I had earlier said, uh, we thank God for good health. That's the first and most important thing. Uh, the next most important thing is time management. And time management comes with a lot of discipline. A woman must wake up in the morning Plan out your day. It's what I've done and it's worked beautifully for me. 
plan out your day what you want to do. Because it's a God-given talent, I would call it, that every woman can multitask. Mm. Mm -hmm. Only a woman can multitask. Mm -hmm. Many men do one thing and they stick to that one thing. They don't move to another thing until they are finished. And since God has given us that uh, uh, talent, that thing to be able to multitask, the strength, the energy, the humanity, to be able to multitask, it is now left to every woman to be disciplined enough to apply that God-given thing mm. to what you do. So in applying it, you plan your day. You plan your time for your children. You plan your time for your spouse. You plan your time for domestic things that you need to attend to. You plan your time for guests. You plan your time for your business. I have always believed that every woman should have a job. Mm -hmm. yes. No woman. I raised all my children. I have many daughters to ensure that they work. Mm -hmm. Have your own. <laughs> and we laugh because this is the mantra you have rang in our heads since we were babies. Yes. You, every woman, woman must have her own. Have your own. Yes. It is so important. Mm. I think it's the basis because I see that... Wait, why is that so important? Let, let's talk about that. Um... I don't know. I just believe it's very important. Because Why was that important for you? For me, I, I have been raised to be a daughter or a child that should always work hard for herself and don't depend on anybody. Don't expect too much from anybody, even your spouse, mm -hmm. your friends, your relatives. Don't expect, keep expecting and asking. No. If you can do it, do it for yourself. Being a woman is not being handicapped or being challenged. It is the same mental ability that God has given to a man that is given to a woman. If a man can work and do it, why can't you? People say, oh, I'm busy, I'm raising children. I've raised many children. Mm -hmm. And even in the midst of that, I had a job. Always. Always. <laughs> Always. And you were still present, which is because being a mother now, it really put into perspective the level, the high level of time management you had to have practiced all my life, all the life of my siblings, mm -hmm. that you were able to be a phenomenal mother, a mm -hmm. present mother, mm -hmm. a present wife, mm -hmm. a present and effective first lady, mm -hmm. and a successful businesswoman. Like, doing that is not as easy as saying that, okay, I understand the philosophy or the the intricacies of time management. It takes a special grace of God, as That's you said, it, yeah. number one. But number two, is there something else that, aside the time management, is there something else to it? Because it's hard. It's very difficult. And I have just one child now. I knew you <laughs> had six. <laughs> so is it that time, you know, uh, makes everything easier? Like, or did, you, did it just come to you from the very beginning? Um, Was it easy for you from the very beginning? I know it's not an easy job at all. No, 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 no. Not easy. Far from being easy, but it's doable. It's not easy. It's something you have to program yourself that you want to do and you go ahead and do it. And that's discipline. Yeah. That's discipline. Mm -hmm. I have a passion. I am driven by that passion to succeed in everything I do, and it's the way I raised my children. That passion to succeed irrespective of where you find yourself. I think it's very important that we must all have that discipline. And we should also teach our children to have it. If you're going to wake up at 6 a.m., wake up at 6 a.m. and do what you have to do. If you don't have anything to do, still wake up at 6 a.m. and think of what you could be doing that will be of benefit to you. 
These days I find a lot of young people, I'm sorry to say, they laze around a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. And they expect too much from people. I don't believe women, let me, you know, lay emphasis on women because we are talking about women today and our emphasis is on International Women's Day. So let me focus on women. A woman is the custodian of a household. You are the custodian of culture. So if God has placed you in that position and giving you this responsibility as a woman, because we have been given that gift to be able to multitask, when you fail to use the gift that God has given to you, then he may take it away. Mm. That's my belief. Mm. And because of the passion that drives me to excel in everything, in ev everything, everything, everything. <laughs> For those listening, everything. <laughs> yes. So that passion drives me mm -hmm. to excel as a woman. Do you think this passion is intrinsically embedded in every woman or do you believe it's something that is taught because your parents demanded a lot from you yes and you in return demanded a lot from us yes. all your children yes but do you feel like every single person is born with that passion and that determination because i've met a couple of people who look at me and say osasu you're too ambitious Osasu, you are too hardworking. Osasu, you need to relax a little. You need to... And I'm like, you haven't met my mother. <laughs> you don't know the demands that she places on each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And there's something he always said to us, and especially myself when I started to achieve, when I would come home and say, oh, look, I just achieved this. You're like, oh, that's good. Well done. But you can do more. Yes. And that do more mentality. I think I wrote an article about that that went viral. And that was your quote. That was your mantra. It's like, oh, yeah, well done, my darling daughter. You've accomplished mm -hmm. this. But guess what? You could do more. Okay. There's still more that you can achieve. That's so true. even when I achieved, I never really felt like, okay, I've reached Uhuru. Like mm -hmm. I've attained all that I could. Mm -hmm. I still knew that there's so much more. And that mantra of never depend on anybody. Yeah. You are only entitled to what you work for. That's you are true. only entitled. And that also came from daddy, yeah. which I learned on his 60th birthday that he mm -hmm. learned from Isama, his father, mm -hmm was that there's the only thing I owe you is your education. Uh -huh. Everything else is a privilege. Yes. So not, you are not entitled to anything. You're yes. only entitled to what you work for. That's so as true. a woman, how do we sort of replicate that uh, belief system in other women? Because a lot of women, and I'm sure your colleagues as well, former first ladies will look at you. You married into the illustrious Sigmundian family, mm -hmm. the family where they founded the first private university in Africa, mm -hmm. the first private airline, Okada Airline in Africa, a family of wealth. Why mm -hmm. didn't you just relax and say, look, I've married into this family. Why must I be working? <laughs> you know, why can't I just put my feet up and sip champagne and eat caviar all day? Why didn't you do that? <laughs> As much as I love caviar and all the beautiful <laughs> things, I um, the more reason I had to work twice as hard as I would have because of the background and the family I'm married into. If you are in a family where the world is expecting you to depend on that family. The more you work to earn your self-respect and your dignity. And that is what I have earned. I have earned it by not asking anybody for anything except God Almighty. I ask him and he does it for me. And I don't just pray about it. I work towards it. Mm -hmm. Prayer without works is death. 
So I, I work towards it. I ensure that I put in my very best. Many years ago in the 80s, when we were distributors of Encyclopedia Britannica in the uh, whole of West Africa, we were the only distributors of Encyclopedia Britannica. But when everything became online, then the, 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 we had no need for the hard, hard copies copy. anymore. Mm -hmm. People use the hard copies as decoration in their libraries yes. these days. Mm -hmm. But when I see it, I'm glad mm -hmm. that this is one thing that I had identified with and I treasured in the past and ensure that schools, young people were encouraged to read books, to broaden their horizon. So these things were the things that, you know, drove me. I was very happy to do that. And again, when I think back to my background, because my father ensured that he gave me the very best education. Having done that, I had to prove myself that I was worthy. I should say I'm worthy of that education he had given me. Hmm. And my mother was a no-nonsense woman. Mm -hmm. So she taught me to be a no-nonsense woman, and my children know that. Mm -hmm. So they have all the nicknames, you know, from hard work <laughs> for me, which I enjoy them calling me because it has only proven one thing that my work has paid off mm. in no small way. Mm. So I encourage other women out there to ensure that they put in their very best, particularly in their children, to ensure that these children are giving, you know, uh, the best, the best discipline, the best of love and attention, the best of care. Care is very important. Mm. All other material things are all ephemeral things and they will pass away. But what you uh, imbibe, what you inculcate in your children, remains with them for the rest of their lives. That's for children and for business. In the business world, in the corporate world, women face a lot of challenges. But it's only the disciplined women, only the women who have the energy to keep on striving, to keep on working hard, because most of the time in the corporate world, the woman has to work Two times of course. as much as the man in order to crack the glass, glass ceiling. Mm. So the man can do 50%, but the woman has to do 110%. At all times. At all times. Mm. If that's what it takes, why can't you do it? Mm -hmm. You brace yourself up and you do it. If you want to achieve, you have to do what it takes to achieve. And you'll get there. So I don't think anything is impossible. Mm. That word impossible is, um, is a word that I never use because there's absolutely nothing impossible. If you have to do it, just do it. Just do it. Just do it's it. It's that simple. That's just it. do it. Just do it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's, yeah. it's been your philosophy, I think, since you were a child because I've been speaking with your siblings. They've yeah. always identified you as the go-getter. Yes. Anything you set your mind to do, you would just do it. That's just right. get up and get it and done. Do it. And I think the most of us as well, um, we're able to get that from you and just hustling, hustling, hustling. All my siblings, everyone is an entrepreneur, yeah. you know, succeeding in their various fields. And I think because of these life lessons that uh, you taught us. But back yeah. to that question I asked, do you believe it's an intrinsically... Um, embedded characteristic of yours or do you believe it's something that can be learned? This passion to just do it, to get up and work, the discipline, the grit, the desire for self-respect that drives you yeah. to want to earn and want to be able to um, take care of your personal needs and the needs of those around you without having to depend on another person for, um, for self-care. 
I think the answer to that is both. Some people are born with it. Some learn it along the way. And I think it's doable. Like I said, if you don't have it, there are many people who haven't had the privilege of being raised in a home where there's a lot of discipline. And by no fault of theirs, they are raised a certain way, they are pampered, they're giving everything that they need, and you know, they don't need to work. But you can learn it. You can learn it. Because when anything is given to you, it can easily be taken away. Mm. But when you earn it, mm. it remains yours for the rest of your life. Mm. So that philosophy is what every woman should learn. Oh, say that again, Mama. <laughs> when it's given to you, it can, it can easily, easily be, be taken, taken away. away. But when you work, work for, for it, it, then it remains yours remains for the rest yours. of your life. Wow. So if you are not born with it, you don't have the drive to, um, to achieve, I would say, or to do things at the right time. You know, one thing I say all the time, do not procrastinate. Do not leave until tomorrow what, what can you be can done do today. today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm is... sure people who know me can now understand the way I think and why I do the things I do and the way I do them. She'll That's tell me, she'll make me, no, if you can do it today, why leave it why till leave tomorrow? It till and I'm like, tomorrow. oh, my God, can I just rest? Can I breathe? <laughs> so... But it's so funny because now you're the one telling me to calm down. Yes. Why? Why the shift? You get to a stage in life where you slow down a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. You just slow down, you relax because you have already laid a good foundation. It is very crucial to lay that foundation. I'm much older now. I can't do the things I did in my 30s. I cannot. Mm -hmm. The things I did while I was raising my children, I can no longer do them. Mm. Because I may not have the strength, I may not have that same, you know, the drive is there. Mm -hmm. You know, like they say, the, the, the body, the mind is willing, but the body is saying, <laughs> slow down. You know, I may not have that energy. So when you have it, you know, when we started this interview, I mentioned good health. Once you have good health, thank God and use it well. Use your mind well, mm -hmm. positively. Mm -hmm. Always be positive in your thinking. When you have laid a good foundation and the structure is already being built, it's going brick by brick and it's getting up there, then you sit back and you watch it grow. A little bit, just sit back a little. Mm. Watching it doesn't mean you are lazing around, you are diversifying, you are looking into other things, mm. other things. You are expanding, you are broadening your thinking. You don't start chasing because a good foundation has been laid. Mm. When you have a solid foundation, your structure can never crumble. Mm. So at different times in your life, yes. different seasons require a dis different level approach. of, a different approach. Yes, yes. definitely. Yes. So definitely. the same energy that you exact and invest when you're building your foundation yeah. is not the same energy that's needed when you are building the first floor or the second floor. No, and it's the not. Decade. Yes, correct. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not it be because able to relax a little. Yes, because when you're laying a foundation, you are in a hurry to do it. Mm -hmm. And you are putting in all your energy, all your resources, because at that point is very crucial. Mm -hmm. Most important when you part. begin to put the brick mm -hmm. one on top of the other, mm -hmm. the foundation is already solid. Yeah. So the brick you are putting on is just building the structure. Putting it, but the main foundation that holds the columns, the pillars together, is already laid. Mm. So instead of wasting the energy in putting the bricks, diversify and use that energy, channel it towards other things, mm. productive things. 
it's amazing how we've delved so far into the interview and we haven't touched on the intergenerational uh, leadership that I wanted us to focus on, but most of your answers already even cover that. But I want you to talk to me of about some of the triumphs, the setbacks, the lessons learned um, in your leadership role as First Lady of Edo State for eight years. Can you pinpoint a pivotal moment or milestone in your leadership journey that had a significant impact on your trajectory? Um, I would I would say one specific one. There are many, but let me emphasize on a specific a specific journey of fighting human trafficking in a do state. Mm. That is very significant because it was a huge problem in Edo State when I became the first lady of the state. And in order to address this menace, it, we went through a lot. Yeah. A lot of people did different things, you know, fought it. And as they resisted the campaign against human trafficking, they came to me with all sorts of, you know, negative, negative words, negative advices, and of course even threats came, you know, so that we stop it. But we were not deterred. One and most important thing that I learned from, all, from it all was the power of silence. Mm. The power of patience and being able to listen to people. A lot of people don't have that. You have to listen to what the people are saying. We all knew human trafficking was bad. But if you ask them to stop it, what are you offering them? So we had to listen to the people. It was a very difficult and trying times for me yes. as a first lady mm -hmm. because the fight was huge. Yeah. It was centered around um, um, secrecy, shrouded in, you know, in secrecy and all sorts of, you know, uh, spiritual and, you know, uh, um, whatever. It yeah. is, they call it. Yeah. It was a very difficult time. Mm -hmm. But I had patience. I listened. I learned to listen. And I learned to pay attention to a few details and things that they were telling me. And what people were fighting against, I realized, was their basic needs. If you are taking it away from us, what are you offering us? So when I listened and paid attention, we quickly set up a skills acquisition center in order to engage these young girls who would have otherwise been trafficked abroad and be, you know, um, used for their different prostitution, prostitution and to put and into context for people listening because we do have a global audience you were first lady of Edo State for eight years Edo yes. State is the heartbeat of Nigeria in the south south part of Nigeria and it's a hot bed for yes. human trafficking in Nigeria uh, most of the women that you find in Europe come from Edo State because yes. it was a very lucrative business. Lucrative, so not yes. only were they using spiritual, diabolical means mm. to get these girls to go abroad to prostitute themselves, but it had huge financial incentives to these people. Yes. And when you came in as First Lady, you took this on as your pet project, mm. which ended up being a project that... Uh, got you global recognition because yes. you were able to put a halt to this and drastically reduce the amount of women and girls that were sent abroad yes. uh, for this for this crime. Yes. And um, you were attacked. Severally. <laughs> Physically, Severally. spiritually, <laughs> verbally, but you fought back. Yes. And to God be the glory, you triumphed in being able to curtail this menace. Nice. And the key lessons that you were saying that you learned from that journey yes. is not just telling people, oh, you're wrong. Yes. This is a this is a crime against humanity. Yes. But being able to listen to them and say, OK, we establish that this is wrong. However, what needs to be done? What um, 
soccer needs to be put in place to ensure yes. what that alternatives alternatives do yes do we need to put in place to ensure that you know there is some soccer there is yes. some you know palliative measures that yes. would ensure that uh, people do want to mm -hmm. remain in Nigeria mm -hmm. and they're able to eat and attract their attention to do something else mm -hmm. instead of being trafficked wow Wow. Because some parents encourage their children to go. Yeah. But when parents found that their children were being trained and they were earning a, Reasonable a little income, income to, mm -hmm. you know, sustain themselves and their families, they now relaxed. All the attacks now slowed down drastically. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we ensure that laws, a legislative framework was put in place, and that also helped to curtail this menace. Mm. So the lesson I learned was to pay listen. attention, mm. listen, and act. Mm. And I think that's, that's a big lesson for yes. my generation as well. I mean, it's very easy to think that some things are just commonsensical, right? Yes. Like, this doesn't make sense. This yes. is a crime against humanity. Mm -hmm. But if you don't take out that time to truly listen yes. to why this commonsensical issue keeps yes. on repeating itself, yeah. then you just keep on missing the point. You it's keep just... on missing the point and you're fighting a battle that you will never stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you are able to listen and you embrace them, and patience too. Yes. You have to embrace the people who are fighting you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a difficult thing Very for me difficult. to do. Yes. But you embrace them. Yeah. And listen. And then give an alternative. Wow. That's, that's brilliant. And you've worked a lot with women and girls. So I want to know what role you believe women leaders play. And what strategies they can deploy in advancing gender equality in leadership. Because I feel like from your generation, even your mother's generation, we've always talked about gender equity, gender parity. And it seems mm. like, yes, the gap is closing, but policy reforms, organizational initiatives, cultural shifts um, are, are still not there. I feel like the fact that I'm talking about it, I wonder if my daughter eventually will talk about it as well. Like, what do you feel like we need to do? What role do you believe like each woman needs to play? to ensure that it's better off for the next generation of women and girls to come? I, I believe women need to put themselves out there. You can't sit in your home and expect anybody to come in and invite you. You have to find your place at the table. Hmm. You have to sit at the table and make decisions. A lot of people, men will not give you the chance to do that easily. Mm -hmm. But if you work hard for it, you will get there. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that you have to put yourself out there. Women say, oh, uh, politically, women are not given the opportunity. First and foremost is to put yourself out there. If you don't come out to contest one election, for instance, how do you win? Mm. You have to come out. You have to take, <clears throat> excuse me, a bold step. Mm -hmm. A lot of women tend to shy away and say, oh, well, let me let the men handle it. No, you have to step out in a dignified manner mm -hmm. to ensure that you command the respect that a woman showed. And people will listen to you. And you must have something to say. You must develop yourself to the level where as you open your mouth to speak, you command the attention of people. Don't say because I'm a woman, I should be given the appointment. No, it doesn't work that way and it cannot work. That's number one. Number two, women need to support their fellow women. I have found that a lot of women tend to get up there and they forget about every other woman. Mm -hmm. Even though they are qualified, sometimes we women easily feel threatened by our fellow women, which is totally out of order. I think it's rubbish. Mm -hmm. When you get up there, you have climbed that managerial ladder. It is your duty as a woman to encourage your fellow woman to also climb. If we start doing that, there'll be a chain reaction. 
as you are pulling the other woman up, she is pulling another woman. And women need to come together for dynamic conferences where we can exchange ideas. Because you find that when people get together, the topics and things they talk about, we just talk, talk, talk. We need to walk the talk. 100%. We need to walk the talk. We need to begin to be as realistic as possible. And everything starts from in yourself. there. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. yourself. It starts from being disciplined. As a woman, if you give two o'clock appointment as I give today, you have to be there by two. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, no, you can't be late. <laughs> if you are late, there must be a good excuse for you not being there. Most I definitely. believe in punctuality. 100%. I've always believed that people 100%. should My be My philosophy punctual. is early on, early is on time on an, and on time is late. So if you have a 2 p.m., be there by 1.45. Yeah. Wait till 1.55 before you tell the person you are there because yeah. you also don't want to inconvenience the person. But be on time for everything. Yeah, I agree with you. Punctuality is it's a, a huge, um, huge no-no. Yes, you know? and also is the soul of business, as they say. Mm. So, and to the women in the corporate world, they have to encourage other women, fellow women. If a man can help a fellow man, and he doesn't feel threatened. Why should a woman? You first of all see yourself as a human being before you see yourself as a woman. If you are helping a fellow woman and you are a confident woman, who knows that she has achieved or she wants to achieve something, you shouldn't be threatened by anybody. I think that threat comes from insecurity which we don't need. If you are a hardworking person, you have earned your position, you shouldn't be threatened. When you know you haven't earned it, then you feel, mm. oh, because I haven't earned it, somebody else who may know how to do leg work will come in and take this take position. position. You shouldn't be threatened. But what do you think of the ideology that there are limited spaces for women? So if I invite more women to this table, then there is a higher possibility that I will be edged out of the table. The women at the table have limited the space. Hmm. Even though the men give you small opportunity, but if you encourage and raise and train a fellow woman, give her the what it takes to sit there, they will create two spaces mm. and bring in somebody, another woman, mm -hmm. as well as you being there. I think it's insecurity, back to what I had said earlier, because if you sit at the table and all the men, you are the only woman amongst many and men. And most women are happy with that. You are very happy. Yes, like, look at me, you check are very, me out. <laughs> it's insecurity and it's, you know, it's, it's a low mentality thinking. Mm. You're thinking... You know, you're blessed amongst many men. And that's, that's not the way it should. Many women think that way. I know a lady that feels she's so highly educated. She only sits amongst men. And when other women, she will walk past all the women. She will sit where all the men are sitting. When you are sitting with all the men, invite a fellow woman. Find a seat for her at the table so that both of you will grow together. And do you know when you bring a fellow woman to the table, your strength has tripled because you both will speak in one voice mm. and you will carry the sort of energy that the men, three men or four men, will not be able to stand. I agree. I agree. We have to change our thinking. We have to have a reorientation of what the way we see ourselves and the way we see our fellow women. There has to be a reorientation. Until we do that, the spaces on the table will be limited for women. I completely agree with you. I completely agree. And I believe that more women also need to see their fellow women as allies Mm -hmm. possible allies because yes. they have to be tested and trusted yes um then we also need to practice mentorship 
um, especially if we're talking about intergenerational collaborations yeah. and cross-generational leadership, there has to be a mentorship between the older generation of women and the younger generation. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed That's because, true. and my sisters are blessed because we have you. In you, yeah. we have a mother. In you, we have a mentor. In you, we have uh, a role model. And I know not everyone has the privilege to have that in a mother. Uh, so I wonder what sort of mechanisms can be put in place for women who don't have the privilege to have that role model in their household or to have that mentor in a mother. Uh, what mechanisms do we, especially who are successful in our careers, uh, need to put in place to ensure that we're lifting other women through mentorship and we're able to, because mentorship takes time. It's easier yes. said than done. Yes, you know, a lot does. of people will send me um, messages on social media. Oh, you're my mentor, but I'm not your mentor. I might be your role model. You could see me. You mm. can't have, you don't have access to mm -hmm. me. So you see what I do. You like what I do. Mm -hmm. And therefore you've made me your role model. But a mentor is someone who takes out time from their mm -hmm. very busy schedule and speaks to you talks mm -hmm. to you, teaches you, strategizes with you, brainstorms, maps out a plan for you. That's yes. a mentor. Yes. And it takes a lot of time and sacrifice. It takes a lot of dedication to that person's success. So what kind of mechanisms do we need to put in place to ensure that we can create more time to mentor young girls and mm -hmm. women and more women in your generation? How do you what do they need to do to mentor younger women like us? Because I feel like that's also a missing gap where we're seeing such a um, diverse set of values, yes. you know, that your generation carries and my generation carries. And yes. I think I attribute that to a lack of mentorship and lack of cross-generational cross conversations. Well, I believe the ball falls in your court. Young women like yourself should create the avenue for that. Set up small segments, small groups. Set up groups where you can now invite people my age, people who have also experienced, you know, different things, women who have excelled in their careers, in their lives, to to come and address young people and then pick mentees. Pick mentees. We used to have a program, a mentorship program. The way I did it those days, during my tenure as First Lady of Edo State, was to appoint a few people that we have, you know, of course, scrutinized and done our due diligence to ensure that they were the people credible enough to appoint us mentors. And every single one we wrote to, they accepted. We had about 10 people from the state, people who have excelled in their career, and we have also checked their backgrounds to ensure that they would be good mentors. Mm. And they took up mentees. They asked for two, three mentees, and we gave them. And they monitored them for a year they go visit their mentors, they sit down, they plan out the things they want to do in life. They want to go to school, they are not in school, they want to learn a trade. They were getting advice, financial advice, how to plan out their, their whole life mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. We had that, but it takes a lot for somebody of my age to start looking for people to mentor. Mm -hmm. Young people like yourself, I would say, particularly women in the media, should organize forums where young people can gather together. First, you interview them to be sure they really want to be mentored. Mm -hmm. People just say they want to be mentored. But by the time you teach them what you have to go through, their pain, to get to where you are, they run away. They don't want to go through all that. Mm. They believe mentorship is so sit down. Oh, I need money for this. Mm. What I like, I've seen you do to your mentees. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's time to pay school fees. They mm -hmm. come, you pay. No, that's not all it takes. Mm -hmm. It is not. They have to listen to you. You tell how oh, 
do I've seen a couple of times your mentees will say, oh, they are graduating next year, and next year they are still in school. <laughs> and you've paid school fees how many times? No, I don't want to do that. Uh -huh. And I know many women my age would not want to do that. Mm -hmm. You want to have young people you can teach discipline, you can teach, you know, um, self-respect, you can teach total dedication to what you want to do, you know. So... It's, it's very important. I would throw it back to you to say, you know, women like you, particularly the women in the media, even in religious uh, organizations, the churches, the mosque, wherever, where whatever religion you belong, we can start from there. Mm. You know, we can get young people together. Young people that you even feel don't know they need to be mentored. You invite them, talk to them. Mm -hmm. Set up forums where everybody can come together. And then you invite prospective mentors. You write, you do a background check to ensure that they can truly mentor. Because as a mentor, you have to show example to the person, to the mentee. You have to live a life that is worth emulating. emulating. Mm -hmm. Most of, wow, brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, as we as we round up now, um, I feel like there's still so much we can talk about, but we don't have the time. And to God be the glory, I get to tap into your wealth of wisdom every single day. And even when um, I don't ask for it, I get it. <laughs> Whether you like it or Whether not. Whether I like it or not, it's by force. <laughs> so I'm so blessed. I'm so privileged to, again, have you as a mother. Like, there's no greater blessing than having a mother who truly cares, who is present at all times, who puts us, each and every single one of her children and her grandchildren before herself. And I truly think that's the essence of being a mother. And I, I never understood it until I had my son. And I realized, I was like, oh, this is how it feels, right? This is how the love is. And we were just having a conversation this morning. And you were like, Osasu, stop boring, stop stressing, just calm. And I'm like, no, this is a time-sensitive transaction. I need to make sure I do it. And you're like, I'll stop. And I said to you, stop telling me to stop worrying because this is business. This is how it's meant to be done. And you're like, okay, when your son is worrying about this and that, you'll tell me if you will not tell him the same thing. And I could finally relate yes. because I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know, they're worrying for a, for a good for cause. For a good cause. But because you care so much about them, uh -huh. you just want to be able to take away all that worry. Oh, that's worry. And, you know, take the burden. So, again, mommy. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being a woman of God. You're welcome. Thank you for instilling discipline in my siblings and I. Thank you for all Thank the you. sacrifices that you have made. Thank you for the wealth of wisdom. Thank you for pushing us. Thank you for <laughs> teaching us that enough is never enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is always more to do. And thank you for this great parable you, you shared with me when I was in high school, I think. And you're like, how does an ant eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> so this enormous task that you feel like you mm -hmm. need to accomplish, just take it one day at a time. At a time, that's One right. bite at a time and you'll be able to accomplish it. And I feel like that discipline that you kept on insisting that we have is truly what has gotten my siblings and I to where we are today. And obviously the special grace of God. Because without that relationship with God, um, nothing. it will be nothing. That's nothing will true. be worth it. The joy, the peace that we all have today will not be um, attainable. So I want you to sign off with sharing with us the best piece of compliment. The best compliment that you have ever received from anybody. What would that? I have a feeling I know this, but let me ask <laughs> you. What, what is it? The best compliment you've ever heard anyone give you? Best compliment? Mm -hmm. Maybe from my grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> You're special people. I feel like the best compliment that you've received is that Eki's children are just something else. They're like... They are different. They are different. <laughs> you take very, you take a lot of pride in that. I do. I yes. do. I do, actually. I thank God. I thank God. And if I may say so myself, I think I've tried. I've done a good job. You have. I've done a good job. Yeah. And I thank God. It's not just by me alone. 
you know. It's also by the children listening when mm. you correct them. Mm. But it doesn't just start when they're old. It starts from when they're very young. Yes. Whatever you sow, you, you reap. reap. Yes. If you're so good, you reap good. And it's funny because when you were talking about success, you didn't only talk about the ideal successful woman being only successful in the business front. Mm, you talked no. about the investment you must make in your children. In your children. Because the honest In your really, home. Yes. The honest in falls on the woman, right? In your family. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important because you're the custodian of that family, of culture. Why did everything. God give us so many, so many responsibilities Because he women. knows we have the ability to carry it. Hmm. That's it. That's it. He knows we have the ability to carry it. That's why God made a woman and said, you are the helpmate to the man. He knows that the man needs help. <laughs> I love that. So he said, you are the helpmate help to, the, to the man. Brilliant. So Brilliant. from every angle you look at it, biblical, anyhow you look at it, we are there because God has, you know, given us the wherewithal to do what we do. Mm-hmm. And he expects the best from us. Yeah. Mommy, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. My Any pleasure. final words? My pleasure. Well, I want to celebrate women again. Women are very dear to my heart. I have many daughters. So I'm very pleased that another We're year... We're only four. How many? <laughs> many. <laughs> oh, many. Yeah, many daughters. I have many granddaughters and many true. daughters. Very true. And I have many daughters that are not my uh, biological children, but they are my children. So they are very many. I have many I counsel from time to time. So um, I celebrate women today. And I wish every woman the very, very best. Go out there and do your best and leave the rest with God. That's a brilliant way to leave it. Again, thank you, Mommy, for your time. And happy International Women's Day to each and every single woman that's listening to this podcast. Happy International Women's Month to everyone that's listening to this podcast. My prayer for you is that you continue to strive you continue to realize that you can achieve all that you put your mind to achieve. There's no ceiling too thick enough for you to crack. Anything that you aspire to do, anything that you can dream of, anything that you want to achieve in life, you have the capacity, um, you have the wherewithal to be able to achieve it. So just have that discipline, like my mom said, pray to God for direction, pray to God for strength, Pray to God for the wisdom to be able to achieve it and it will be yours. Okay, until next episode, do subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media at Womanity Africa and at Osasu Igbenadion Oguche. I'll see you same time on the first of next month. Take very good care of yourself. Goodbye.